This is the Rick and Sensation Maximal Suave, and you're listening to the OVW Podcast, my man. Welcome to the OVW Podcast, the unofficial podcast of Ohio Valley Wrestling. I am technically a human, but raised by elves, Brian Hines. And I am the 90s baby, Jack Minogue's JWO. And today we are getting into all the action from OVW TV 1268, emanating live from Historic Davis Arena on November 30th, 2023. And we were in attendance for this show. We were. And we had a great time. We what were. about you? Uh, a lot of fun. Again, you know, it's something that we've been covering on on this show and in this feed for a little bit. Really a blast to see the, uh, this is like what I would call like the uh, the puberty Davis Arena. They're changing into the Davis Arena that they will be for the rest of their lives. The changeling. Yes. We did see some weird hair coming out of some places. Yeah. And it's totally normal and totally okay. And it happens to everybody, Davis Arena. But no, again, not to, I, I joke, I joke, but it's, it is really, really, really f- been a <laughs> been a really great opportunity to see how Davis Arena has grown. New investors, a lot of money spent. Looks better than ever. Well, more more well lit than ever. And uh, as we're watching it back um, on television, looks better on TV as well. It's not just in the arena. It is the product as a whole. Physically, yes. uh, looks much better. I could not agree more. In every way imaginable, so far, uh, the place is looking better. The matches are better the i mean it's just it's hard to describe it's it's coming right along and uh, the only thing i can really tell you is you should go and check it out for yourself yeah and if you can't check it out for yourself be sure you tune in on youtube live or if i think they run it on facebook live now on thursday nights you can always catch the reruns on fight tv and if uh you want to know what the renovations look like off camera you can pull up uh, our last week's episode of our recap um, feed and I guess that would have been two weeks ago. Our recap feed from two weeks ago with, with Maximo, Maximo Suave. Yeah. Maximo Suave, where he he kind of uh, peels the curtain back a little bit about um, how the money came to OVW, but also what backstage renovations look like. So not only uh, can you see and hear about what and see for yourself what OVW Davis Arena looks like um, in the commoners area, but you get a little bit of a, of a, a glimpse into what the backstage area of OVW looks like as well. Yeah, I haven't seen it myself, but uh, I've heard from a couple people that it's m- much different than uh, it had been in the past, and it's much more open, and I've, I've heard nothing but great things. And not only was Maximo Suave on our recap, our individual kind of uh, longer formatted um, interview w- went up with him this past week as well. So a lot of Maximo Suave on our feed over the last couple of weeks, but... Um, not a not a bad guest to have. Not a not if there's somebody you were gonna have uh, multiple times within a couple of weeks on your feed. Maximo, not a bad choice. No, not at all. At uh, the top of the list, definitely, definitely. Um, if you haven't heard it yet, if you haven't heard either of those episodes yet, go back and listen to them, and then definitely look forward to the next time Maximo comes in here because I think we have a, something a little different planned um, than what we've done before, and that's several months down the road, but. It's a little little tease for you. I think the next time Maximo comes in, we want to do something a little bit different than the other wrestling interviews we've done, right? Absolutely. I mean, we've already done the basic one with him. 
up up next, we'll break down all the action from Ohio Valley Wrestling Television 1268. That, of course, emanated live originally from Historic Davis Arena. We'll be right back. Hey, folks, Tony Bryan here with you once again. Uh, once again, talking about the the uh, the Bluegrass Homefront podcast. Season two is coming early in 2024. Uh, movement is happening, and you know, check that out at bluegrasshomefront.com. If you know uh, anybody who is an interesting Kentuckian, or if you happen to be an interesting Kentuckian with a story to tell, perhaps I do seem to bring this up quite a bit. If you if you make illicit cheese, we would love to meet you. Um, or if you're doing, I mean, if you're doing anything illicit, <clears throat> maybe not anything, but you know, if you're you're making illicit food, I guess we're interested. Uh, we just like food here at the Bluegrass Homefront Podcast. Uh, but whatever you're up to, you know, info at T-H-E-B-L-M-P at theblimp.com. Um, give us an email. Tell us about yourself. We'd love to come talk to you. And uh, now back to the OVW Podcast, already in progress. Welcome back to the OVW Podcast, the unofficial podcast of Ohio Valley Wrestling. He's still the man, Jack Oaks. Jack Oaks, And he is still... Back on his bullshit for another week. <laughs> Brian Hines. All 57 flavors. Malachi, for a second, do you mind if I get a little more in my headphone? That'd be great. I, I tried to adjust it up here. I, I, I can't really. I'm, I'm up size again. Thank you very much. Um, first first match of this episode, 1268. High Valley Television, 1268. Um, TW3 and Will Austin. Yeah, it was a, a great way to uh, start this week's Absolutely. episode. Uh, always a pleasure to see TW3. I uh, Remind me, I need to talk to him because uh, I'm interested in buying some of them breakaway britches that he comes to the ring in. Well, and this was just, this is very kind of like typical OVW is like, let's put two guys out. Very first match of the night, very first match that we would see on television of the night, I guess. Um, if you were lucky enough to show up to Davis Arena before television starts uh, broadcasting live, you would see dark matches, of course. But just uh, classic OVW, let's let's put two guys in who can really keep the crowd entertained um, and are also both very, very good at what they do, not just flippy-dippy, whatever, both very, very good at what they do. Um, the thing I did not see happening in this match was what seems to be kind of like the dissolution of Level X. Uh, yes, I, I didn't really see that coming, but, uh, right off of the bat, um, uh, Blanco Loco comes to the ring, makes his presence known, and then goes and leaves. The match continues. And then during the match, uh, Blanco Loco comes back to the ring with a chair while TW3 is down in the corner. And when the referee sees the chair, she obviously does what any referee would do and puts it outside of the ring where it belongs. And while she is doing that, Blanco Loco hits Will Austin, and boom, that's it. Easy win for TW3. Yep, yep. Um, Not something, because it seems like not that long ago, only a few weeks ago, that this version of Level X came together. Yeah. Yeah. So do they even have a legit tag match as a combination? I, I want to say that there's one from probably about five weeks ago. Yeah. So I don't even remember why. I don't even know why these guys are, why he's mad at Will Austin. Maybe they, because they lost in the uh, Nightmare Cup. When you've got someone looking that pretty and that punchable, 
you got to put him in the 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 uh, the heel position, the big heel, dominant heel position, as quickly as possible. I think that's why Blanco Loco turned on Will Austin. It's for no other reason that he looks super duper punchable. Can't wait to have him by so that he can punch me in the face for saying that. <laughs> um, I guess that we'll we'll see though. Um, yeah, as, time will as, tell. As the next few weeks progress, a uh, lot of lot of blood in the Rush division of OVW, and I think that this is just another way. Blanco Loco is as reliable as a wrestler gets. He really is. I mean, the guy's really incredible. Um, you're going to be able to get good matches out of him for several weeks between him and Will Austin uh, if that's the direction they choose to go. Oh, sure. I mean, and that just illustrates how strong the Rust division is. I mean, TW3 and Will Austin are at the top of the list for uh, number one contendership, mm-hmm. but uh, don't count Blanco Loco out because he is just as strong a competitor as they are, like you said, and uh, he's not going anywhere anytime soon. And I say this all the time. Where's the belt? Nowhere near involved in the storyline. No. The belt was uh, maybe the catalyst for some of this stuff happening a few weeks ago, but where's the belt in terms of what these guys are doing right now? Nowhere near it, because no. guess what? They can actually tell stories at OVW. They don't just have to slap a belt on somebody and say, oh, well, now this person's important. Yeah, everybody's important. <clears throat> Second match of the night, Ariel Alexander and Dream Girl Ellie. Dream Girl Ellie wins by submission. No um, surprise there. Dream Girl Ellie uh, has in the matches that she's been winning recently has almost always won the by submission. What was the name of this submission move? I don't know. It's sick as hell though. Yeah, that definitely was. I would remember thinking, I don't know what you call that, but uh, yeah, that was pretty quick and effective. That took care of things pretty easily. I'm maybe not so much interested in recovering what happened in this match. Like we already said, dream girl, Ellie wins by submission. Um, I am interested, though, in talking about what's going on with Ari Alexander. Because there was a point where she was in the handful of the biggest names in the women's division of OVW. Now, and then she kind of was like the prototype for Crystal and Katie for a little bit. And now every time we see her, uh, she's just there to shine people up. A little bit. I'm just a little curious what happened with Ari Alexander, why the, that direction change happened. Because, I mean, two years ago, a year and a half ago, Ari Alexander was the biggest up-and-comer in the women's division. And now, you know, she's just kind of out there to um, to put on a good match. She's a good hand, you know. I hate that for her because I think she's really talented. I really, really like her. But Dream Girl Ellie, unfortunately, I don't think is in a place to take losses right now. No, with, the way, with the way that they want us to believe that she's to be perceived, you know. And she's tough to beat anyway. Oh, absolutely. And that's Very intimidating like, when you hear that primal scream in real life. That's me trying to be a little bit meta, I suppose. But no, I mean, without a doubt, like, her, she kicks hard as shit. She's super duper technical, great submission uh, expert. Just like, she's really, really, really good. Ari Alexander, or um, I'm sorry, Dream Girl Ellie's really, really, really good course since it's a women's match at ovw we can't get through it without an interruption though from the bad girls club uh tiffany nieves and layla gray uh another week where we haven't seen jada stone but i know based on our interview with her that you can find in this feed that right now might be kind of a hard time for her to balance wrestling school and cheerleading in a d1 
school <laughs> in a major conference. Yeah, <laughs> she's definitely got her hands full, and we hope to see her back on OVW sooner than later. But uh, stay in school, do all your things. We'll be here whenever you're ready. Yeah, it can be so easy as wrestling fans to wildly speculate on on stuff. Oh, well, I haven't seen this person. Why hasn't this person been, you know, on TV the last few weeks? It's almost like she's got a whole life outside of outside of OVW. It's <laughs> crazy. I know. I know. Um, third match of the night, non-title match. Cal Hero, incoming champion uh, with the Rush Division title, um, incumbent champion, I suppose I should say. Uh, versus ZDP and The Fallen. I'm very glad to see The Fallen get more screen time because I, I find them very I mean, entertaining. At first, it was just like, okay, I like I like the supernatural angle and it's coming up on Halloween, so I'm kind of getting into it. But no, the more I see them uh, as individuals or as a team, especially as a team, uh, I, I enjoy seeing them and respect their abilities uh, inside the ring, as well as uh, just how insanely entertaining they are. I mean, I, I can talk about this all day, and I'm not really going to do it justice, but if you get a chance to see the fall in live, especially with the Reverend mm-hmm. out on, I would say, yeah, on I would the ringside. And I, honestly, I would agree with everything you just said. Um, seeing the Fallen kind of be able to move past the stigma of being like a spooky act or a supernatural act or a gimmick or a gimmick. They're really, really, really good little three piece team. Um, I also, we've touched upon this in the last few weeks. We're just running through all of like the most classic Memphis baby face stuff for Cal hero. And I'm not complaining about that. So he got hit with a fireball and hung already. Uh, now we're, we, we, we've moved into the supernatural era of, of like the baby face, Jared, the King Lawler, like runs where he's like wrestling the mummy or like Texas. Uh, what's he, what's he called? Leatherface in Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> you know, like we've we've moved we've moved past the conceivable into the uh, far fetched and now into the completely weird. Now we've moved into sci-fi horror. Yeah, and but I'm fact, totally fine with that. Yeah, keep throwing all the Memphis tropes at Cal Hero as humanly possible. He's the only babyface on the entire roster that can pull it off. So. I, if you'll remember, Jackman, I wanted to raise this because you mentioned it. When we were sitting there together at the show, you and I were side by side. And at a certain point in the middle of this match, you know, he's there with his his, uh, his bandaged, red, distorted face. And uh, I, thought, I leaned over and I was like, should Cal Hero join the Fallen? Uh, for me personally, no. I guess the way the what if, if that was a question you had, I guess I would ask, what would he do? I mean, be spooky. Yeah, I don't know. Does that work for him though? Not for me. Not for my boy Cal Hero. I'm nah, gonna... I'm with you on this one. I I disagree. I mean, there are other people out there who could be good additions to the Fallen through whatever storyline they choose. Maybe somebody's bitten by a ZDP and uh, now they've got the Fallen bug or they're under a demonic spell or whatever. But uh, I feel like uh, our boy Cal, I'm sorry, our man Cal mm-hmm. is doing well enough for himself. Our hero, own. Cal Hero. Yeah, that's right. To quote all of the kindergarten-aged girls at OVW Davis Arena <laughs> that really, really, yeah, really want to get was, that chant going. Yeah, there was plenty of that this time. And uh, while we're on the subject, it was good to see Gracie again. It was. It was. I, I She was absent for a couple of weeks, and uh, 
uh, we were kind of wondering what happened to her because she had been there every other time we had been to Historic Davis Arena for uh, an OVW taping. But uh, she was there, got to talk to her for a minute. Got You got you even got a nice picture yeah, with her. Yeah, she's a handful. Uh, <laughs> I said, Gracie, it's, if you don't want to take a picture with me, it's fine. We don't have to take a picture. But I, I would love to take a picture with you. She said, no, nah, I'm good. <laughs> her dad said, get over there and take a picture with him. And as soon as he said that, she had the pose on immediately. <laughs> yeah, and she was doing the L's up, by the way. Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll let her slide. She's young in the world. I'll let her slide on that one. I'll let her slide on that one. Um, if, I can, if I can have a U of L cheerleader sit six inches away from me and not make a snide comment about U of L athletics, I'll let the seven year old girl do the L's up, I guess. Yes. Um, uh, that's the least I could do, and I mean it, the very least. Uh, on your point, though, too, something I was just kind of thinking about, about Cal Hero joining the Fallen or, or maybe just an addition to the Fallen in general, I don't think there's any fat on the Fallen right now. Like, No. I don't know that they need any – I don't know that they need to change right now. But, I mean, if Lustful Lawrence could be a member of the Fallen, then anybody can be. Well, if Cauliflower can become pizza, then by that, you know – token cow hero could technically be a member of the fallen i just don't see it happening and that's about as likely as me eating uh cauliflower pizza i just don't know why or why or when or how i guess would be what i'm getting at and the fallen are on a roll like let's not let's not we don't have to wolf pack the fallen yet no we just yeah we just let them we just let them do their thing baby. they are a yeah. great three-piece outfit much like rush the band there's only or, three people in Rush? Yeah. That drummer? That's just one dude. Huh. Yeah. Crazy, eh? Do you know he could hit like a 64th note? That's my favorite thing at Rush fan. I'm like, yeah, the music's just not really for me. Yeah, but can he can hit a 64th note. <laughs> Great. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then. <laughs> All right, so obviously my suggestion that Cal Hero join the Fallen has been soundly rejected. Yeah, actually, here's... Actually, I say it again. Uh, did Say, Jackman, um, do you think Cal Hero so, should join... So, Jackman, you know, I'm just thinking, do, do you think maybe Cal Hero should join the Fallen? <laughs> Great. <laughs> That's it. That's it. That's all I got. <laughs> I don't know what you just said, little kid, but I believe you. Great. Great. So I'm going to well, say from I'm no. just going to shut up and sit here in the booth. <laughs> no, yeah, I no, think no. the Fallen are strong enough as they yeah, are. Exactly. They, I, they I, really I, are. That's, a, more, that's more of my point. Yeah, they really are a solid three-piece team. And that uh, um, two-on-one finisher they have off the top rope, uh, show me something in OVW or even outside OVW that is a, a, as strong a finishing move as that. I mean, that's as strong as, like, the road warriors going off the top rope when uh, the guy was on animal shoulders. Uh, that's his, the doomsday device. Yeah, yeah. Uh, There's a couple other ones I could go on, but you get my point. And I if we're if seems- we're changing around the fallen, babyface Nephilim said that a few weeks ago. If we're doing anything with the fallen, babyface that guy he looks like a bajillion dollars. It's a shame that he's like kind of in this like he doesn't speak. He doesn't really have like a prominent role. Guy can wrestle. Guy looks great. Babyface him awesome out of the Fallen. Wings. He does look awesome in Wings, but... Paul McCartney's band? Band on the Run. Right. The Fallen on the Run. Fallen on the Run. No, I guess I thought of Cal joining the Fallen just because he seems to be slowly being tortured. And, you want you know, the Cal hero ba- heel turn. I don't know if I want to... I mean, honestly, I'd kind of like to see the Fallen have a face turn. Like, I like the spooky team and, and you know... 
and that yeah, that's good too. I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm right there with you, but are there a lot of uh face or I guess friendly spooky besides Danhausen maybe? Well, I mean, there's a like 6 foot 5 guy I'd like you to talk to for a second who is a baby face majority of the time. Oh yeah. Um, All right, that's right. Yeah, uh wore a big black hat, long black coat. Um, oh yeah, had a big red brother. <laughs> yeah, had his yeah. He almost he tried to kill his brother, um, but it was actually just a metaphor for uh, childhood abuse. I guess I was thinking uh, active. Now, I mean, I, I consider the Undertaker a, a thing unto himself. I think the Undertaker is active in a Proud Boys chapter. Um, after the match, Cal took the mic, called out Adam Revolver, asking Al Snow to come out. Al, of course, because he is the best babyface um, authority figure in the history of professional wrestling, gives Cal Hero, one of the best babyfaces in the history of professional wrestling, to, uh, he gives him exactly what he wants. That is, of course, another rematch, Revolver and Hero at Christmas Chaos. An ambulance an, match this an time An ambulance around. match, a wambulance I spent match. a good time of... A good portion of my day today trying to decide where they're going to position that ambulance. Hmm, that's a good question. I don't know. Probably close to where they uh, serve the weird soups. Well, let do. Do we have? Was the 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 announcement to move the venue from the ballpark downtown in Louisville back to Davis Arena was made prior to the stipulation being set, right? Stipulation was just Thursday, and we've known we our last episode we said it had been moved. Right, so. just wanted to make sure for before I said the wrong thing, and also for anyone uh, playing along at home, um, an ambulance match makes a lot of sense at at the ballpark. Now that you pointed out, I don't know where that ambulance is going either. Because they do have a roll-up door, but it's right at the top of that ramp. Yeah, that's a loading dock. I hope pull in there. I hope for Cal Hero and for less for Adam Revolver's sake. It's a warm night that night because I think we're going outside. Oh yeah, <laughs> I well, think we have to be. Yeah, I yeah. think I think we're getting. I think we're going to get something that I don't. I definitely don't remember in my time watching OVW. Not to say it hasn't happened. I think we're going to get classic. We're fighting backstage. We're fighting outside. We start, and I think we're going all over the place with that ambulance match. Well, I think I'm finally going to get my wish because if you've never been to Davis Arena, when you go there, um, right as you step out the front door, there's a there's a where a semi can pull up and dock. If you're not careful, you'll fall like six feet. And I think that space, like I think we're going to see uh, Cal Hero come off that come off that right out the front door of OVW and get Adam Revolver below. Like I think. That's going to get used for wrestling at this in this event. Well, and what we've seen over the past few weeks, especially with the renovations, is that we as watchers at home, we're supposed to be more aware of, of how much larger Davis Arena is. Not, I mean, they didn't. It's not like they they expanded it. There's just a lot more room inside of the arena. It's a lot more uh, spaced, a lot more appropriately, I guess, efficiently. And yet they've still managed to add probably fifty, seventy-five. Yeah, points. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think that I think that this ambulance match, or at least what I hope, will end up being the uh, the full kind of uh, a love letter to the renovations of Davis Arena. I do you want to see. Uh, do you want to see one of them get smacked on the on the refreshment counter? Yes. Yes. I, I do. I do. Yeah. Um, I think, well, I mean, Cal Hero, that refreshment counter means a lot to him. I know that whenever 
uh, he got fired from OVW. He had to work the refreshment counter for several weeks. So it's not like he's unfamiliar with the front or the back side of the refreshment counter. Uh, this was against him. This was in a, uh, a program he did with Tony Gunn. Really, really, really good stuff. <laughs> they would just like flash over in the middle of a match to Cal Hero serving popcorn. Like, <laughs> like, like actually, like, <laughs> like actually, really, 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 really good stuff. See, now there's a gimmick you don't get in one of the big boys. And no. that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying you don't. If you're at Revolver, you don't want Cal Hero anywhere near that snack stand because he knows. He knows the ins and outs of it. <laughs> he knows where they keep the uh, the butter. So we ended the top of the uh, first hour, right, with, or no, sorry, after the conclusion of, of this last segment um, where Cal Hero uh, is granted his wish by Al Snow. Al Snow is joined uh, again in the ring during the next segment by Tiffany Nieves and Layla Gray. The Bad Girls Club, who are also back on their bullshit. Uh we now have a, another uh, wrinkle in that storyline because now Haley J will be the special guest referee for the match at Christmas Chaos. Dun, dun, dun. I guess uh, Tiffany was the uh, special guest referee last week. Now Haley will be tasked to call it as straight and narrow as Tiffany was. Yes. I am looking forward to this. I, it's going to be... Interesting to see uh, how down the middle this is called, considering how the last match ended. And I side note, whatever this thing Tiffany has got going on with the cape uh, and like the the tiara and all of that, big fan. Really like it. Think it looks really good. Love it. it like kind of is like the out of her out of uh, ring action look. I think it's like just. I think I think it's I think I like I like it I like it I like it a lot. Thank yeah, if they were going to make an action figure, of yeah, yeah, Disney exactly. Nieves, yeah, the, that's the you that's, would, those are the accessories those are the I want. Accessories. Yes, you that's need exactly the crown. that is exactly the way you I wanted the to cape. say that. Yeah, uh, yeah, I got where you were going, and the microphone too, of course. And that match at Christmas Chaos, where Haley J will be the special guest referee, will be between be between Tiffany Nieves and uh, Freya the Slayer. Yes, one that uh, I am eagerly looking forward to seeing the next chapter. Of in that particular story arc. Hour one, main event, the Golden Lions versus the Overman Beaches and Cream, of course, are on commentary for that match. It's a two out of three falls match. No, it's a two out of three series. This match was Oh, one fall. okay. Right, right. Okay, okay, sorry. Looking at the notes here. Um, I don't know who wrote that, but it was... I, I don't know. One of the producers. Um, I, and also, I... Uh, this is about the time of the night where... Uh, Things started to get a little foggy for me. Um, Country Boy Brewing, Lexington, Kentucky, sponsor of not only Ohio Valley Wrestling, but of the Kentucky Country Boy Heavyweight Championship. They make some really good beer. They are a fine establishment <laughs> with uh, uh, wonderful products. Jackman's Buzz brought to you by Kentucky. Yeah, by and Ken- so this is, this is actually where I had to restart and rewatch it so that we could do this recap. It's not like I was... Oh, Three. you mean on Thursday? Yes, yeah. I thought you were drunk at my microphone. No, 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 not this time. Um, <laughs> but the no, it, on Thursday, this was uh, the end of hour one, beginning of hour two is where, not like I was uh, three sheets to the wind, but I, I needed a refresher course so that we could come in here and talk about it a little bit. <laughs> well, that happens. You know, the good people at Country Boy have some fine products. This is the moment where... Yo, shout out Mason and Annie from Country Boy. You guys rule. This is the moment, as, again, I was sitting next and to you. And Kyle, too, by the way. 
This is where you started cheering for the Overman, which I found interesting. Yeah, no. Um, that explains it. Yep, yeah, no. Well, because I don't like the Golden Lions. I'm the only person in OVW. I'm the only person who doesn't like them. I don't like them. They don't make sense to me as a team. I don't like them. I don't want them there. I don't want to see them wrestle with each other. I kind of don't even, to be honest with you, want to see them wrestle against each other. I wanted to cheer for the Overman because I wanted the Overman to win. Well, man, tell me how you really feel. So, can, do, is it and that I, you, you? So you just, like you like cash flow? You like Shearer? Yes, you don't yes. like them together, right? Yeah, a hundred percent. Let's not let's not make the no, 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 absolutely not. Loved cash flow when he was a heel. Loved Shearer the first from the first time I saw him when he debuts. You can I am on the hard camera at the show he debuts at, and my face, my jaw is on the ground because I've never seen a man look like that before in my life, at least not in real person. I like both of them a lot. I don't like that team at all. Well, it just it does feel ad hoc. Well, it feels like they were kind of thrown together. And this would be something that I would say as a fan, not with having any knowledge. Um, but when I'm looking at it from the outside looking in, this is something that you can't tell me that wrestlers on Netflix doesn't affect the way that stories are told at OVW. When I see this team specifically, these two guys join up as quickly as they did as quickly after she returned face what look at what about them makes sense as a team together other than that people will cheer for them well and that's exactly (laughs) the point that luscious lawrence and omar amir are trying to make and that's why i cheer for luscious lawrence and omar amir too oh i I got nothing but love for beaches and cream or as uh our friend keith refers to them as bitches and cream Shout out to Keith. Shout out to Keith. Uh, I'm always going to love those guys, although I'm kind of disappointed by some of their uh, recent actions, but I understand where you're coming from, and we'll all figure this out on the other end of it. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. And, I mean, it's 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 wrestling, It's and I've said this before on the podcast, when it's almost the moment that I start to complain or the moment I get fed up with something, I get fed something that I really like. And I have a feeling I have a feeling that this will happen with Mahabali Shira and Cashflow eventually. But right now, get them off my TV set. Well, they have. We have two more tapings before Christmas Chaos, and uh, two more potential matches between Overman and uh, Beach and uh, the Golden Lions. So I would expect that the Overman will win this week, and then it comes down to the deciding one in two yep. weeks. Yes, of course. Then we'll see. One thing I'm really hoping for on Christmas Chaos, and if this doesn't happen, I'm going to be really disappointed personally and as a, uh, as, as a podcaster in this case. Uh, if Joe Cooley is not Santa Claus in some capacity during Christmas Chaos, you're missing out, and the OVW fans will miss out as well. And I'm not saying this by, by any like judgmental way. Joe Cooley seems like the type of guy that has a Santa costume. No, he literally does. Yeah. Oh, he re- okay. So yeah, he literally this is does. Confirmed. This yes. is confirmed. Yeah, he's told us that he goes out into the community. He even posted it on Facebook earlier this week that, uh, yeah, and he mentioned to me the other day. I asked him about coming on the show. He said he'd love to. Mondays are good, but uh, it's December, so we'll just have to see how things go because he is Santa quite a bit. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I know. Joe Cooley's awesome. He uh, honestly, if you're just an OVW TV viewer, 
Joe Cooley is probably the, the biggest single part of this that you're missing by never coming to Davis Arena. Agreed, 100%. He is such, he is such so important to the vibe of that place. Mm-hmm. And an, an incredibly delightful person as well. He's, I wouldn't cross him. He's no. a super-duper nice guy. But, but I've seen no. him shoot a couple of looks across the room a couple of times. And oh, I, no. I would not want to be on the other side. I, I would not cross him under any circumstances because I'm sure if, if somebody were to show themselves, he would show them the way out the door sooner than later in probably uh, not such a nice fashion. I don't even think you would have to touch him. I think, <laughs> I, think mm-hmm. I think you're already out the door. Joe Cooley wants you out the door. Yeah. Um, no, I, had, I think I think actually now that I'm thinking about it, I think you you had mentioned that off mic that he does the the Santa Claus thing. That's awesome. Yeah, I love I love good that. for him. And good, you know, like not enough people spend their time volunteering. I wish I could do it more. I really do. Um, we had one of one of your your best friends, your close personal best friend in the next match, um, Mr. Carson Drake. That's right. I was glad to uh, I was glad to see them on again. Um, this is what the th- third week in a row i believe so that's that has it been every week since uh no rest for the wicked where he made his debut i think he had a week off somewhere in there yeah it doesn't seem like it's been every week but more and more often uh they're they're getting some screen time and uh and hey they didn't just put somebody over this week no no they didn't i was thrilled i mean i saw them against the destroyers and i thought oh man that's that's going to be tough. It looks like they're probably not going to get the win, but uh, lo and behold, AJ Best and Carson Drake come out on top. So congratulations, fellas. I'm glad to see you get a tag team win mm-hmm. over somebody as uh, established yes. and uh, hard-hitting as the Destroyers. And use the size of the Destroyers against them in getting the pin, which I thought was great. Yeah. He was trying to lift him, and he's like, nope, I'm just going to push you over. Yoink. Fat man, get pushed over. Well, he's not fat. I'm fat, but. Carson Drake looks like the really hunky fourth Hanson brother. <laughs> like the one that the one that got all the looks, not like the, he couldn't play the music as good. But yeah, no, he's like I don't I don't know how old he is. Yeah, he can't be over twenty five, right? Uh it's for whatever reason I want to say twenty three. Yeah, I mean he's very, very obviously boy, very young and boyish, like just and very talented. He, yeah. he, he will tell you yes. that he is very talented. But but he is. That's why he is. That's why I wanted to kind of ask maybe a more specific age range for him because got a lot of intangibles. Carson Drake does yeah. a lot of intangibles. Um. Was he the one who, when they who fought the outrunners the other week, and was like, "I told you not to mess yes. with the outrunners. Yes. They're way the too cool for us." Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, just like the guy's got a little bit of something, something yeah. that, you, that not everybody got. He'll talk some smack, and he's he good at talking smack, but that's because he can back it up. He doesn't even need a mic to have mic skills. That man did not have a mic in his hand, and I still heard him say that. Oh, oh yeah, he, he, definitely. He definitely wants to make sure everyone in OVW Arena knows he exists. And if you ask him, he'll just flat out tell you, it's me. Up next, six-man tag. Kind of a weird pairing on the six-man tag. Um, they get bundles, Tony Evans and Jay De Niro. Is it a money reference thing where that these guys have in common? Um, that's the only thing I could think of. Right, I I guess. I think Tony Evans just hired to get for the evening. The, okay, that makes sense. Him being a hired hand, and then yeah. 
There's a uh, Star Rider and Junta uh, Pesos. Adding Ryan Von Rocket to their team for for this bout and it again it was great i there had a lot of different elements in it um star rider looked good uh ryan von rocket and the rockets are entertaining as always uh junta pesos did an outstanding job against uh jada nero i that's one of my most favorite uh current stories in ovw right now is uh the beef that those two have i uh I find it very entertaining and also very comical at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. And just kind of like the, I'm a big fan of, it's okay for wrestling to be goofy. Oh, and yeah. And it is Gaga Central with Huta Pesos and Ryan Von Rocket. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And to the most important thing to remember is that to pull off something kind of as silly as this whole thing is, you got to be good. Yeah, and I I like to bust on one specific person of this six people, um, generally more often than I don't. But five of the six people in this match are extremely good at what they do. Leave it up to you to decide which one's which. Match yeah, seven. You don't have to. You don't. Don want you to get beat up. I'll take. The, I'm gonna get beat up for you. Um, okay. so match match seven. Shane Mercer, Jesse Goddard's, Jesse Goddard's wins. Um. And looked good doing it. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Especially after the uh, the beating at uh, Thanksgiving Thunder. I mean, his chest coming out of that match. I mean, just the handprints from the chops. Just, I thought, wow, there is no way he is he's going to look spectacular, perfect like he always does this week. And sure enough, he he did. So good job. So we know that Christmas Chaos is going to be a blowout. And we know that we're most likely going to see the next chapter of the Jesse Goddard's EC3 match at... We're going to see another Jesse Goddard's EC3 match at Christmas Chaos, I would imagine, right? What does that match look like, considering that EC3 is now a double champion? We're obviously not going to have another 1v1 straight-up singles match. That's not where we're going with this. What do you think that match looks like at uh, Christmas Chaos? Man, I I honestly don't know. I mean, I don't either. If they were to do a rematch, um, right as it stands right now, I would think that EC3 would find a way to be victorious because I I can't see him losing two titles to Mister Pectacular. Right. I mean, it's entirely possible that it could happen, but it doesn't seem very likely for me. Um, if that were the case, um, I, I don't know, man. I'm going to have to think about that one. Moving forward, is this a good opportunity for Jesse Goddard to move out of the national heavyweight title picture? And into what picture? That I don't know. But. I don't know. We have, we have it on EC3. What if we made somebody else off of it? Does Jesse Goddard need it? Probably not. Does he look great with it? Yeah. Sure. Do I I not necessarily not want him to have it? No. That's not what I'm getting at. Is this a good time to maybe transition this belt onto somebody else? Really let them have uh, their moment in the spotlight getting a big win over someone like EC3? For me, yeah, it is. Now, who who do I think it should be? I don't know. Do I think that maybe... We let Jesse breathe a little bit without a belt for a little while. Yeah, I don't. It's not going to hurt him. It's only going to help somebody else. 
No, that's true. So I have a question, as I often do. Mechanically, how do we get... Like, now it seems like the OVW belt and this NWA belt are now tied together. Like, Currently, how yes. Do we, how do we... How do they mechanically get... Are they just going to have a match where he puts the OVW belt up, but not the NWA belt? I, that's as far as I got in, in my thinking. I mean, I like you said, it feels like these belts are in, intertwined in this storyline, and you've already had belt for belt, and you've had that. You've had that. Where do you go from from there? I mean, is is he going to win like a third belt, or is Jesse Goddard going to win a different belt and then challenge him again and see what happens? Probably even less likely than what I had said before. I don't know. Here's what I would say if I was smart. Um, I would say watch for EC3 to lose the big belt at an NWA show. And then the next big show after that where the national heavyweight title is in contention, EC3 loses that belt. Be a really bad look for the NWA champion to lose to a not. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. I think the I think I think what we're looking for here in terms of OVW moving forward is we're looking for EC3 to lose the NWA Heavyweights Championship before he loses the OVW one. If I had to guess, I don't know. I don't know. That's just I would pure, agree with that. Pure conjecture. Pure conjecture. Um, main event. Main event. Yeah, we Tony had uh, Shotgun Tony Gunn versus OVW heavyweight champion, the veteran Jack Vaughn. Who was very nice to me uh, on Thursday night and came back out from the locker room to sell me a t-shirt. And I only had a $20 bill and still, and it was 25 and still sold to me for 20 And Jack Vaughn, I got that five for you next time I see you. I'm not going to forget. That's, that's $5 of gas money or a meal for you somewhere. I'm not going to forget that, man. I, but I do sincerely appreciate you uh, being... I mean, you got stuff to do, man. You didn't have to come sell me a T-shirt or sell it to me for $5 less than you wanted for it. So I really appreciate it. Um, Jack Vaughn's scared of Tony again. You think so? Nice guy, Jack Vaughn. Nice guy. Great guy. Scared of Big Tony fan Gunn. of Jack Vaughn. Scared of Tony Gunn. That could explain why uh, Tony Gunn got clocked right off the bat before the match even started. Jack Vaughn is not the type of wrestler that has to cheat to win, but he's, the, he's smart enough of a wrestler to know it really helps. Yeah, <laughs> and smart enough to know when to do it. And if you're going to take out your opponent and you're not going to play by the rules, he he's as good as anybody else in the game right now. So what, he clocks Tony Gunn at the like very, very beginning of the match. Maybe the bell hasn't even rung yet, right? I don't think it had. No, it had not rung. There was and no match. N- not to uh, interject too much, but uh, that first match with uh, TW3 and Will Austin... They did not ring the bell to start that match, and they did not ring the bell to finish it. So does that match even count? That's, That's right. like if a tree falls in the woods and no one's there to hear it, does it make a sound? I've taught you so well, Brian. Keep picking that nit, baby. I love One it. of these days. Keep, I talk, will snatch keep talking dirty to me, man. I love it. One love of these it. days I will snatch the pebble from your hand, but today is not that day. Anyway. Right. And then I'm going to hit you with a rock. <laughs> we, we almost hit the 10 count after uh, Von clacks Tony Gunn. Uh, clocks Tony Gunn, clacks him. Uh, he starts walking. Vaughn, the champion, starts walking back through the entrance ramp. Yeah, it looked like it. There wasn't going to be a main event. Tony Gunn goes. Not on my watch. Tony Gunn comes and 
drags Jack Vaughn out to the ring, throws him in the ring, finally get the bell to ring. We have a proper wrestling match for a contention of a heavyweight championship. Vaughn still manages to win because he likes to cheat. Well, technically he lost, but he can't lose on a disqualification. A, he can't lose the belt. Right. He, well, yeah, I guess it, technically he lost, but he didn't lose the thing that he was scared of losing. Which goes back to that uh, brilliant heel mind of his. He knew that, you know, he was still going to walk out with his title and uh, get one over on, on Tony Gunn by giving him the old Bobby Hill, the old, that my, that's my purse, I don't know you. Before that, though, you know how much I hate the counting spots? One, two, three, Tony Gunn loves them. I was more than willing to count to 10 if Tony Gunn threw Jack Vaughn through two through 10 suplexes. Which I believe he actually did. I think did we get the all number. the way to 10? I think we did. Yeah, just fucking dumping them all over the place like a bag of dirty laundry. It was awesome. Uh, but yes, as you had mentioned, Vaughn hit the low blow on Tony Gunn to be disqualified. He What, what the week before, he had an intentional ref bump to be disqualified? Yeah, he hit the ref. He didn't yeah. just bump him. Yeah. He punched him. Great. <laughs> I love it. So are we heading for a, a no disqualification falls count anywhere match with these two, we think? I think we should. Uh, I think that we're going to get another match between these two at some point. Whether or not it's a stipulation match <laughs> at Christmas Chaos, I do not know. Because I feel like we are almost at the past the limit of how many stipulations we can have in that two-hour night of television. Um, it's Christmas. You can have as much stipulation as you want. I guess you're right. If there's any time of year to give everyone gifts, it would be Christmas time. Right. Um, I just don't... I don't. I think that... I don't know that we have to do this again. I think that we probably will, but Tony Gunn doesn't need the championship. Jack Vaughn shouldn't lose it right now. I want to see, some, see somebody else. I won't. I don't want to see this match again until Tony Gunn beats Jack Vaughn. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Hmm. Okay. If that's the direction that they want to go, if that's the direction that that you know makes sense, it's for Tony Gunn to have the championship. I don't want to see this again until uh, until Tony Gunn's going to win it. I'm not sure you're going to get your wish. I don't think so. Wish? Did somebody say wish? Yeah, 33% off now. Use code BlacklightMoodProductions on Wish.com. Bam. Not a real promotion. In, Try it anyway. Until the paycheck shows up. Uh, so what? Next couple of weeks, we're looking forward to Christmas Chaos. We have, what, one more week of television before Christmas Chaos? Two more weeks of TV before Christmas Chaos? I think it's just one. And then, of course... Because that's the, that's the 16th, right? And then, of course, OVW will take their much earned especially after the 2023 that they've had sabbatical um their regular scheduled year-end sabbatical uh until the new year so yeah no we have two more tapings before christmas chaos on the 7th and then on the 14th with christmas chaos being the 16th so we'll definitely know we'll definitely know a lot more about the future of jack vaughn and uh tony gunn and the heavyweight title before christmas chaos actually uh goes down I would certainly think so, yes. Uh, the OVW Podcast, the unofficial podcast of Ohio Valley Wrestling, is produced by Blacklight Moon Productions at Nuthouse Studios in Lexington, Kentucky. The OVW Podcast broadcast team is Jack Oaks and my co-host Brian Hines. What up? 
Our studio engineer and editor is Malachi P.S. Woodard. Executive producer is Tiny Brian K. Woodard. Senior producer for The Blimp is Victor Anderson. After watching wrestlers on Netflix, visit ovwpodcast.com slash podcasters to find all of our episodes of our unofficial wrestlers after show. Be sure to subscribe to us wherever you get your podcast. Rate us five stars and give us a review. You can also follow us at OVW Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, X, TikTok, and to your wildest dreams. Take care of yourself. I love you. See you, folks.